Welcome to episode 10 of Eye on the Eagle, sponsored by J.M. Fahey Construction Company. This is our first Eye on the Eagle episode of the new year, and we are kicking it off with our Avalon University softball head coach, Bryce White. How you doing? I'm all right. Thank you all for having me. Oh, no. It's such a pleasure having you here talking with us. Um, my first question for you is, this is your second year at Avila, and your first year was kind of hectic because you got off to a, a hot start playing a bunch of ranked teams in a row, really pushing your team, but then it kind of really got halted when everything ended with the COVID crisis and everything. Can you kind of tell me how it was affecting your coaching and how it was like overall having to deal with having your season cut short? Oh, you know, it was a, last year was just a whole year of challenges. You know, got here, got the job a little bit late. Uh, actually, the girls are already on campus, and so it was a little late getting here. Uh, you know, then kind of running around all fall doing recruiting, and so, which that was decently normal, uh, you know, which just kind of getting some kids in. And then, of course, the spring hit, and, uh, you know, we did. We, we went out, and I think uh, played Central Methodist in a couple games early uh, at our place, got a couple good wins, and then, now, just really had a had a really top heavy schedule with Morningside, uh, Oklahoma City, Science and Arts, Hastings, Central Meth, uh, you know Benedictine, who's a really good ball club, and just uh, you know we were definitely challenged. And uh, you know I think it, the COVID really didn't we really didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Uh, you know we were actually on spring break here on campus and getting ready to go play in a tournament, and so. I don't think there was any coach in the country that kind of really knew what to expect and what was happening. You know, I think if people remember back when we first shut down, it was two weeks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're still in that two-week holding pattern. And so, uh, yeah, it was definitely a lot. You know, it was, uh, I think, the frustrating thing a little bit was we were just starting to figure it out as a team. Uh, There's a lot of changes that happened last year, you know, with the coaching change, a lot of uh, new players and just kind of, Every, everybody getting comfortable with each other. And right when we were starting to get comfortable with each other was when kind of, uh, you know, the COVID kind of started up for us and uh, just shut us down, man. And so it was uh, definitely challenges. And so they still haven't ended. Yeah. <laughs> and so, well, seeing as how you guys have weathered those challenges in the back this year, you were ranked and picked as number four to finish in the KCAC in the preseason rankings. Uh, what do you feel about that ranking, and how do you guys go about meeting or exceeding those expectations? Uh, you know, I think definitely uh, KCAC is definitely a very balanced conference, just from what I've kind of seen from years past. Uh, I didn't have the fortune last year of seeing any conference teams. I uh, saw a couple, you know, in some tournaments that we played, but wasn't able to play them, you know, and so... Uh, you know, just kind of going by the history of the conference, you know, obviously McPherson, Friends, and Ottawa have always been up there. And so, uh, you know, being slotted in right behind them, I think I think that's a good that's a good mix. It's probably a good place for us. A lot of unknowns, and uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have some freshmen and some sophomores and some transfers and some new arms. And so everybody's got something new. And so, uh, you know, I, I like where we stand right now in the conference. I think uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a dogfight, you know. And so just. Use that as motivation. You know, I mean, obviously the ultimate goal is to be conference champs. Uh, you know, hopefully the tournament and regular season, and so that's what we're that's what we're working towards every day. All right. Um, you've seen how other seasons have gone thus far this year with volleyball and football being cut in half, kind of. You see those struggles with the basketball teams and their schedule being rearranged. How do you plan on being able to combat 
you know, and there's a very likely spot in your season where things won't go as planned as far as playing games. You know, I think just looking back to last spring when it kind of hit us uh, and, you know, obviously we, baseball, softball and all the spring sports and even, you know, basketball national tournament time was affected. But, uh, you know, we were really hit pretty hard with just having something taken away pretty pretty immediately. And so, uh, you know, coming into this fall, we definitely had our struggles uh, with, you know, quarantine and just everything like that. And so I think what I'm really stressing to my players and my program, just watching everybody else, is just really take it day by day. Uh, enjoy the time that you get to be out on the field because as a coach, I'm kind of sitting there waiting for that phone call saying, all right, you know, this has happened and you could possibly lose half your team or, you know, position players or this and that to uh, quarantine or anything. And so, you know, just taking it day by day, you know, I'm really stressed with my kids. I know as coaches, we've always said, you know, enjoy, you know, practice should be an escape. Uh, I'm really just trying to get through to them that this year, really more than any, uh, there's so many outside stresses with just everything that's going on right now. Just really when we get out on the, in between the lines, just to kind of just enjoy it. Because first off, we don't know, every, every day is not a given right now that we're going to be able to get out there and practice. But on the other side of that is uh, these young ladies have got to, we need to have an escape. There's so many stresses of just whatever's happening in the world with COVID, political, and then their kids, you know, they're also going to class and trying to graduate and trying to figure out what they're, you know, we got seniors trying to think what they're going to do for the rest of their life. And so, uh, you know, just when we get out on the field, just really enjoy it because obviously last year was taken away, uh, you know, so sudden. And so that that's a possibility, you know, some stuff could happen like that this year. So just really when we get out there, just enjoy it and enjoy being with our team and just kind of when we're in between the lines, just forget about everything outside. And so it's uh and, and it's working. You know, we've had we've had great energy the last week and we've what we practiced a week and one day and the energy's been good and staying healthy and just trying to just trying to do the right thing, you know, just to make this season happen. I think that's a great message for your team. And I know it's kinda of hard to find positives out of this COVID situation, but one of them is that since those girls lost that that season last year, a lot of your seniors who you probably wouldn't have had were able to come back. How does that impact your team knowing that you have such seasoned and veteran players returning? Well, you know, uh, you're just you're bringing in, you know, I think uh, I was out of four seniors that are possible to come back. Uh, three of them just, you know, academics and stuff just didn't work out. And uh, Madison McKinney's returning back as a fifth year. And uh, it's just another year. You know, it's another year where you just learn the game a little bit more every year. And uh, I think, you know, we've all probably said this when we're done playing. Man, I wish I knew now what I knew, you know, or knew then what I know now. And so uh, she's getting that opportunity. And, and even, you know, uh, you know, some of the junior college kids that have been brought in, uh, you know, they, they played for two and a quarter years, and but yet still got three years, and, or one and a quarter years and still have three years going forward. So just that extra year of experience, just being able to play uh, and you just every time you take the field, you learn something a little bit different, whether it's about you or the game or just anything. And so, you know, I think uh, you know, the players just got that extra year, and it should just make the game. You know, you just you just know a little more than it did last year, and so it's uh, it's been a good opportunity for her and, and them in general. Well, we wish you luck with all of your season, and we are very looking forward to watching you guys get out there and compete. 
But, Brian, since this is the first time on the show, it's been a while since we've done this because we haven't had a new coach in a while. But we have to hit you with the rapid-fire questions just to get to know you a little bit better. All right. So are you ready? Yeah. All right. What's your favorite color? Blue. Favorite food? Pizza. Favorite restaurant? McDonald's. On a vacation, are you beaches or mountains? Ooh, can I get a beach with a mountain in the background? No, that's not the answer. <laughs> beach. <laughs> um, what is your favorite holiday? Fourth of July. Best dressed person on your team? Oh, not me. <laughs> Favorite candy bar? Snickers. Favorite movie? Top Gun. Favorite band slash musical performer? Luke Combs. Favorite TV show? SEAL Team right now. And the last TV show that you binge watched? SEAL Team. All right, there you have it. Thank you, Coach for um, joining us today, and we look forward to the season. All right, I appreciate it. No problem. We'll be back with the next interview. Welcome back to Episode 10 of I and the Eagles, our first episode of the new year. I'm Tim Hackett, joined now by Head Baseball Coach and Assistant Athletic Director Daryl Cronk. Coach Cronk, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Happy to be here. We're happy to have you. You guys are just about set to start your season, your 10th year as the head baseball coach here at Avila. I'm sure that you have gotten to see a lot over your time here, especially over Last year, I bet. So, what have you what have you learned over your time as a head coach here? What's changed, and how has that prepared you for twenty twenty one? Oh man, that's a that's a loaded question, right there. <laughs> it is. So, um, Starting you off with a hard one. Yeah, right the yeah. I mean, you know, I think you know, in life and and especially in, in baseball, things are always evolving and changing. Um, you know, you can get get all the way from the way things are taught to players and there's all this, you know, new ideas and philosophies out there. Uh, some of them have been around a while, you know, we, you know, if you get to the, the drive line and, and all the different uh, stats and the saber matrixes that, that, <laughs> that MLB uses and that just kind of filters down into the, you know, into the college level and, and even high school and even younger. But, um, you know, I, I try to look at myself, um, you know, as, as being here 10 years as a head coach, um, I've, I've obviously tried to draw on a lot of the programs and coaches that I've been around in the past, and that's, that's proven really well for me. And um, there's, no, there's no perfect science to any of this. Uh, our players change sometimes every year. Uh, we get new guys in, guys leaving, different things. But, but, you know, I think overall the game doesn't really change. Um, a lot of things around the game changes, but um, I, you know, I, I, I think I've always kind of looked at myself as, you know, kind of a, a little bit of a bridge between the old school thought and the new school thought and different things. I mean, I, I still, I still believe in the things that made guys successful, you know, years and years ago still work today, but it's just the technology that's so different now than what it was even 20 years ago when I played. Um, I think that's a lot of the a lot of the differences, but I'm always trying to you know make sure that I'm never being stagnant where I where I was five years ago or one year ago. I'm trying to always try to you know uh, evolve with the changes and but still not throw away stuff that I've that I know has proven successful over the years. What are some of those things you like to hold on to? Some of the things that made oh. people successful twenty years ago that still work. You know, I, I think um, I think just 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 the work ethic of guys. Um, it doesn't matter um, where guys come from, um, 
where where they aspire to be. I think if guys work hard and 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 do you know do the things that that's asked of them, um, there's so many different ways and so many different philosophies on hitting and pitching and and, and whatnot. But I think I, I just I always want to make sure that guys believe know what they're doing and believe in what they're doing. Um, you know, I, I just to throw one out. You know, um, some of the new school thought doesn't doesn't uh, bode well for like long toss sure. guys. Um, I was a long toss guy, but you know that I felt like that worked for me. And a lot of guys nowadays don't like to do that. And um, you know, I think at the MLB level, it's all over the map as far as how guys um, guys train. Um, and I think the training is probably the biggest thing that's different. Um, you know, I remember in college, you know, I went to Pitt State and our football our, our football strength guy was our strength guy. And, and we just went in and tried to lift as much weight as we can. And I think there's elements of truth to that, but there's also a better you know, uh, thoughts uh, and science that prove, you know, that proves that different, different lifts are better than what, what we used to do. Sure. But, you know, we believed in it back then and that's, you know, you know, I think, could we have been better? Maybe, I don't know. But I, <laughs> but I think, I'll, I think those kind of things change a lot, but I think the players themselves, um, you know, don't really, a, a great player 20 years ago or 50 years ago is still going to be a great player today. And I think it still, still comes down to the individual. Um, on how hard they work and what's inside of them. What was some of the things that you guys learned last year specifically, having started up the season, having it get shut down, obviously in the middle of things, and having to adapt to that? It's been uh, a crazy last 12 months for you, I'm sure. Yeah, I was um, I was in California recruiting. We had like three day little three day window that we didn't have a have a game and a couple days off from practice, and I went out there and was recruiting, and all this. You know, I didn't even know what COVID was and <laughs> you know, all this. But anyway, I, I was out there and, and was hearing all the rumors and things were starting to really heat up as early March. And, man, by the time I got home uh, from that flight, you know, heck, we were we were getting shut down. And, and you know, we all thought, oh, it was just going to be you know, a week or two and this would blow over and we'd be okay. And here we are 11 months and still dealing with it. You know, we've got our mask on. Okay. <laughs> A symbol of it's how it's persisted yeah. over the last year or so. Absolutely. Uh, well, you maybe maybe a positive element to that is that you were able to bring some people back into the fold for this coming calendar year, this coming season that maybe you weren't expecting to. But regardless of that, can you tell us about some of the key players that you've got returning for the 2020-21 uh, season that fans are going to be used to hearing? About? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, just on on the pitching side, I'm going to return uh, Justin Lowman. Um, he's he's been around for a few years, and and um, you know with with COVID and everyone getting years back, and you know all the JUCO JUCO guys, you know would be coming here as juniors. They're they're still got three years mm -hmm. of eligibility, but Justin Lowman is is a name that's uh, has has logged a lot of innings here. Um, on the on the position side, uh, Hunter Reed's a guy that's been around. Around quite a little bit. Uh, Trace Clinkenbeard, um, he's uh, he's back. Jack Verdon, uh, some guys that have been in the system and been you know play have at least two to three years of playing experience. Those are some guys that uh, that are all back. And and you know we lost a few guys and and but um, but a lot of, we've had a few guys that's returned. Uh, Ty Cody's another guy that's got some good innings under his belt. 
So we're excited, um, you know, as always, always uh, cautiously optimistic, but uh, got, got a good mix, I think, of new guys and, and returners. How about some of those new guys? Like, who are some of the new faces, freshmen or otherwise, that you're looking forward to bringing in? Well, I mean, right off, right off the top, um, on the pitching side, we had, uh, we've got Keaton Ashby, um, a uh, junior college transfer um, from, from Michigan. And uh, he's, um, you know, gonna, he's going to look to uh, be on the mound this weekend for us. And um, we've had uh, Briley Burrow, a transfer from Hannibal LaGrange. Uh, he's a young guy, but uh, had some experience last year as a, as a true freshman. Of course, he's got four years of eligibility still left. And um, really like his attitude and what he brings and uh, just kind of, um, you know, knows how to pitch, knows how to set guys up. And that's, that's so huge coming from... Um, you know, the high school ranks to the college ranks of guys actually learning how to set hitters up, how to pitch, not just throw hard and try to get guys out with the fastball. Um, you know, we obviously love that, but, um, but it's so much more to it than that. Uh, Reyes uh, Willis is a in, middle infielder from Mississippi. Uh, I'm excited about him. And, um, you know, yeah, we just, uh, we've, we've got, some, got some components. Uh, Kurt Trotter is another guy. Um, from Southern California, uh, big strong kid, um, excited, uh, big time arm uh, as far as throwing. He's actually a catcher um, that we've kind of uh, moved over to the outfield mm -hmm. this year. Um, we have a, a four-year guy from a Division II school in North Carolina as a catcher. Um, he's, yeah, he's just, I mean, I could have probably mentioned him first possibly, <laughs> but uh, say, <laughs> save him for this last one. but. Jared Fry is his name. Um, he's um, just a quiet leader. He goes about his business. Um, you don't really hear him talk too much, but he's a switch hitting catcher. Uh, got some power from both sides of the plate. Um, got a really good arm, handles the pitching staff really well, calls a good game. Um, just, you know, just a seasoned guy that's, that we're very, very lucky to have him, have him here actually he's in grad school. So, um, so due to COVID, yeah, okay. uh, we're going to reap the benefits of having him this year. So we're really excited about Jerry Price. Started the last couple of years at Chowan in, in North Carolina, right? Yes, Anytime sir. you get somebody from Murfreesboro, North Carolina, <laughs> you jump at the opportunity. Right. I'm from that general area, so yeah. I kind of understand how it works. But, uh, okay, this week you've got your first series of the season. Kind of stunning to believe as we are here at the end of January, yeah. but that's how it goes. Um, can you tell me, like, how – the series work at this level, at the NAIA level? Because I know that you know, you've know you been at, you've been at it a while and fans of your program know how it works, but if you're used to kind of the more, I don't want to say normal, maybe traditional college series where you've got you know, a game on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, it's a little bit different at this level, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, those, those weekends can happen sometimes, uh, but for the most part, we, we play uh, mostly three-game series. There's some four-game series. We'll have a few here non-conference uh, series that'll be four-game series, but for the most part, um, you know, we'll play a nine and a seven, and then usually end with a nine. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, that's the um, that's kind of just kind of how it works at, at at the NAIA level, unless you play four games. Um, but there's a mixture of both for sure. But it is a little bit different than than having a. Nine on Friday, nine on Saturday, nine on Sunday. Like you know, Division One pretty much did do things. So how do you attack that then, as a coach, especially uh, from the pitching side of things, which is your you know strong suit? Uh, is I imagine that kind of changes 
your approach, like how you manage starters in a bullpen when you've got a seven-inning game mixed in there rather than saying, you know, we've got a game today, a game tomorrow, we can rest up. How do you attack that? Well, um, I think the big thing is we know on our starters, we know who's going to start, and, and, and they know that, going in, obviously going into it. Um, it's, you know, everything hinges, you know, on, on starting pitching. Um, but as long as if our if in a perfect world when our starters give us a, a, a great game and go deep into the game, we're set up pretty good. If you know, but we all know that don't always happen. <laughs> and sometimes a guy gets roughed up in the first or second inning of, of game one, and you're you're in a tough spot when that happens. There's no doubt about it. You're in a tough spot, and then you depend on some couple guys to come out of the pen and and just fill those you know fill the void of what maybe the starter. Didn't do right, or, or or you know, obviously could be a lot of a lot of contributing factors that happen with us. A, a couple of errors could change everything, as well. It ain't just always the starting starting pitcher, but um, but yeah, that's you know that for us, um, we just try to make sure that we've got guys that are flexible and that that, that can fill multiple roles, and and we just go at it. Tell guys, when your numbers call, go in and give us everything we need you to give us. And that kind of calls back to what we were talking about at the beginning, kind of the new school of how things have changed in the game of baseball recently, that that is kind of how things, at least uh, from my perspective, have evolved at the college level, professional level, everywhere in between. Pitchers know that they don't necessarily have that defined role as much as they used to perhaps, and they've got to be ready to go perhaps at any given moment. Right, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the big league level, your starters – you know, you, you hope gives you five or six innings, and you got a six or seventh inning guy, and you got a setup guy, and then you got your closer. You know, in a perfect world, I would love to do that too. It doesn't just doesn't always work out that way because our turnover is 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 pretty high, and so you know, you, you work with you go out and recruit as as well as you can to to fit those particular roles. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, sometimes you got guys that had committed and then decommit, and or some guys that you didn't think were coming, and the last minute they come, and then they can fit some of those roles. But um, I think, you know, we got you know short relief guys, long relief guys, and and we just tell them all the time that hey, we just need you to be be ready to go. If 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 we need you to come in in the third inning, you got to come in and give us three or four innings and try to bridge that gap to the end. And then next guy up. <laughs> How, what can you tell us about your first opponent of the season? Is you're heading down to Texas to play Southwestern Assemblies of God, awesome yep. name for an institution, yeah, yeah. and that is your first opponent. What can you tell us about the Lions? Well, I know they play in an extremely tough conference. They're in a Sooner Athletic Conference, and probably arguably one of the best conferences, if not the best conference in the country. Um, but you know, Oklahoma City and Texas Wesleyan and those schools. Um, Science of the Arts is in there. It's a lot of a lot of top ten, some top ten programs for sure in that conference. That's really good. Uh, I know the last couple of years. I know they were uh, doing pretty well last year. I think they were eighteen and ten when the season got cut short last year. So I know the last couple seasons, uh, uh, Coach Matt is obviously doing a great job with that program and kind of turning them around in the right direction. So they're going to be they're going to be a tough opponent for us. There's no doubt about it. You guys get to. I mean, how will you travel for this game? Because it's a long ways away, all the way down in Texas, right? So, you, yeah. what's the what's the travel like for these so, preseason? I'm sorry, these non-conference series. Yeah, so we'll charter um, charter down there this weekend, and uh, we'll leave Thursday morning, and you know, be on a bus for eight, nine, ten hours, and then um, 
you know, get down there hopefully at a decent time uh, Thursday evening and get a good night's rest and play on Friday. Wow. And that's how it goes, I guess, yeah, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and the life of a college baseball player and coach, huh? All right, well, Coach Cronk, it's your first time on the show, so I'm going to surprise you with something. Every time right. we've got people on the show for the first time, we like to dole out some rapid-fire questions. Yeah. So I pull them up just now. He's why I make sure I didn't forget anything. Uh, and be ready, because our athletic director, Sean Sumi, likes to time people to see how fast oh, they wow. really okay. are. So you're under the gun here. All right, that's cool. We don't have a radar gun for you, but hopefully we'll need something like that. All right, hold on. Let me grab the questions. I had them, and I lost them. All right, now I'm ready. So give me an answer as quickly as you can. Ready? All right. All right, here we go. Rapid-fire. Favorite color? Uh, red. Favorite food? Uh, tacos. Favorite restaurant? Oh, I'll go with Longhorn Steakhouse. When you are on a vacation, you prefer beaches or mountains? Beaches. Favorite holiday? Uh, Christmas. Who is the best dressed player on your team? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Want to go just coaches, best dressed coach? Best dressed coach, I'll go uh, Chris Bay. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be happy to hear that. Favorite candy bar? Uh, Twix. Good answer. Favorite movie? Shawshank Redemption. Favorite band or musical performer? Oh, oh man, that's tough. Uh, I will go. Uh, I'll go George Strait. Favorite TV show? Man, when I was a kid, it was the Baseball Bunch. You remember that? No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, right now, I would probably go uh, uh, King of Queens. And what is the last TV show that you binge watched? Ooh, does Netflix count? What? Well, yeah, something on Netflix. Uh, Ozark. Ozark, good answer. Right. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of Eye on the Eagles. Coach Cronk, thank you for being on the show. Catch Coach Cronk and the Eagle baseball team in action starting on Friday. Check our schedule on avalathletics.com for full-time information and links to watch from wherever you are in the country. Coach Cronk, thanks for being here. For Darian Miner and for all of us here at Aval Athletics, I've been Tim Hackett. We'll see you next time on Eye on the Eagles.